and welcome to VentureCast. I am David Hornick with August Capital. And this is Howard Hartenbaum, also with August Capital, and we have a guest today. I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Lisa Maroney, also with August Capital for the summer. For the summer. Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Let's see how this conversation dot, dot, dot. goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how you are at podcasting uh, because the final been, test. That's right. This is you know you've been you've been spectacular so far this summer, but frankly, we haven't podcasted together. So if any of you listen to this and you think we should keep her, please send David a note that says keep her. And if you think we should get rid of her, please send David a note that says no, send Howard a note. Yeah. Send Howard a note saying who was who is this Lisa? And if you really like me, please send me a note. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, so it's funny. I mean, we had this conversation. What? Was it the last podcast when I said when I said like if Raul would call us quickly, then he could have this internship, and then he didn't call, so we had we had to give it to Lisa because he had his chance. He you had gave a him, and we're you know we stand behind our word, and you offered the guy a job, and he didn't call fast enough. So I understand he's hanging out, wandering around Yale this summer, but he could have been here, <laughs> but instead, no, Lisa is sitting sitting in Raul's chair, like oh. You know, your your loss, her mm-hmm. game. So I have to say, I was listening to VentureCast podcasts while interviewing for this job, and I heard that last podcast about Raul, <laughs> like somewhere during the process, and I was like, "Who is this guy? Why does he get this? <laughs> Why does he get this job?" Well, like all things, it's about position. He's my son's roommate. Exactly. That's how we get the deal. <laughs> that's how you get. That's how you get a job. Otherwise, how else would he have ever heard of VentureCast? <laughs> <laughs> Who did you know? Right. Actually, the way that we ended up uh, hiring Lisa is sort of an interesting example of the sort of broader thing, which is I was an EIR, an entrepreneur in residence at the Rock Center at Harvard Business School. Uh, A little ironic, since I'm neither an entrepreneur nor was I in residence, but in any event, chatted with a friend of yours who Mm -hmm. I think is spectacular. Yes, wonderful, wonderful human. Yep, and and I said to her, like, oh, why don't you spend time with us? And she's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, that sounds like a terrible idea. But I have a friend who you'll really like. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so it's good news that uh, that she hated us. And I think you didn't start. I mean, when you started, I was the only person you'd actually met. Yeah. Right? Physically. Yeah. Physically. Physically met. Well, what yeah. happened was I talked on the phone with every single one of you. And then, and then somebody you said, had a partner meeting and someone said, has anyone actually met this girl? <laughs> and Howard got the task of being like, hey, Lisa, you want to grab breakfast? <laughs> and then we had breakfast in it and I said, yeah, okay, it works fine. Yeah. And then we came back at the next Monday and I said, yeah. yeah, it's all good. They said, has anybody else met her? <laughs> yeah. And literally Howard's line to me was, well, you seem charming enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I guess the bar's pretty low. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, enough. enough. Howard's charming enough. Enough for what? Debatable. <laughs> Debatable. All things are situation-specific, and now that you've spent the summer here, you know, like, yeah. you're charming enough. enough. Like, I mean, seriously. Asterisk. Charming, at least as charming as Hornick and Hartenbaum. Low bar. <laughs> you know, you can define, you know, life is good when you wake up in the morning and you're looking forward to the things that you're going to do that day. And unfortunately for many people, they wake up and they're like, I hate my job. I don't want to go to work. Oh, I've got this commute. Whatever the issue, hate my wife. You know, whatever the issue is, they don't want to deal with it. How did you feel every morning when you woke up this summer? 
So every morning I woke up this summer and I had no idea where I was supposed to go and when, uh, which introduced <laughs> some early morning anxiety of, oh shit, <laughs> like where's this breakfast? How am I going to get there? Um, but I kind of enjoyed that, you know, challenge of, oh wow, every day's different. Every day's going to be a whole new cast of characters, going to be in a different meeting every hour, you know, not really knowing where I'm headed next. And that kind of like constant learning, constant on your toes thing is addictive. Okay. That's good because I, you know, I've had this conversation with some of my kids where I say like, oh yeah, my day is, you know, at eight, I go and do this thing until nine, <coughs> then I pee, and then I get another Diet Coke, and then nine to ten, I do a thing, and ten to eleven, eleven to twelve, and exactly. and their comment is like, that is awful, that sounds horrible, I'm like, what do you mean, it sounds so good, like that, you know, yeah. and so I don't, it's obviously not for everyone, and the days when it really is, you know, seven hour long meetings or something, it's it is actually kind of exhausting. You're kind of like, oh my god. Yes and no, but you get to five o'clock and you're like, oh my gosh, it's five o'clock. How did that all happen? And it's on, you know. It's already and you five. still have all your email to do. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a different problem. Yeah. You contrast that to you know, jobs where you sit at your desk. Like you know, I used to sit at my desk from nine to midnight in some cases, right? What were your desk jobs? You were a consultant for a period of time. So I was you a consultant for a period of time. Um, student doesn't really count as a desk job, does it? Though no, I do no. sit at desks for long periods of time. Uh, I was at the White House for a summer, which was kind of like this, like constantly on your toes, meeting with various people, grabbing coffee, writing PowerPoints that are condensed up to a chain of command. Um, and then last summer at a startup where it was, you know, drinking from the fire hose all the time. So... Your voice might be a little bit low, so you might want to move a little bit closer. You, ha you yeah. have to compete with the incredible... You know, <laughs> I sit back because I boom. I know. Because he has this super yeah. low booming voice, and I'm super whiny, but super loud. That's true. So for everybody who's listening, you're like, more Hardenbaum, less Hornick. <laughs> sort of like the, and, and, and as Howard knows, that ratio is pretty much flipped. It's like, oh, no, Hornick. Yeah. Well, this is actually uh, something I noticed when I TA'd a exact session on negotiations early in the summer and one of the exercises we did was we videotaped and video recorded people having a difficult conversation and it was you know a group of four people around a mic mixed gender and I had to position the mic closest to the women during the thing just because their voices for whatever reason weren't getting picked up by this mic and it was so interesting to see because I could hear them fine but the yeah, I guess well, sometimes it's, it's physiological. Yeah, vocal cords are different. It's also psychological. It's yeah. all these things. So you know, the interesting thing. So the biggest challenge you had getting this job, it turns out, had nothing to do with you. You were charming enough, so that was fine. Uh, but it turns out the biggest challenge is that first of all, venture capitalists in the summer like go on vacations and mm -hmm. they do you know like there's no. If you were to come here in uh, September, then from like September, the beginning of the school year until Thanksgiving, we're all pretty much around. We're all here and we're all doing our thing and everybody's, um, but the summer, it's like, who's gonna be here or whatever? And so we had this interesting conversation, which was like, all right, who, who's here? And who's when? Gonna, when are you here? What are, what, what are we gonna have Lisa do? Like, what, is there a thing, are we, because we didn't want you to, Ha be here going uh we've ha we had one other intern ever and he basically was like eh like we gave Sebastian some stuff to do and then he was sort of like so what now what people and he mostly hung out because we just hadn't th been very thoughtful about it right and so we had to kind of come to so one of the things that we d decided was 
that you would uh, shadow mm -hmm. uh, each of the partners over the course of the summer. For a week each. For a week each. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so day one I get a list from Mary of, you know, here are your weeks. And that Here's, was your first week? Yeah. Uh, no, you weren't my first week. Oh. You were like week five, I think. First week was Eric oh. and Trip. They kind of tag teamed you for weeks one and two. Two of them? Two, no, they were, yeah, they kind of tag teamed the first because they were helping me onboard and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious. So you spent a week-ish with each person. Like, mm -hmm. what are your impressions? And you won't offend us. <laughs> you Just, can't, what, can't offend Howard. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hard to offend that me, be, but I dare your, you to try. That may be one of your impressions. We should just listen. No, we should just you listen can't offend me, bad. but I'm offensive. Yeah, those are different. Those are different. Probably inversely worded. <laughs> anyway, so what were your impressions of the different folks and you know positives and negatives and yeah. sharing all of our secrets with strangers yeah, like, on the yeah. other end of this? And and you know, frankly, of the job, right? Because I remember when I joined the venture business, I've been an attorney. Mm -hmm. I thought I understood it because I was like, I'd been in board meetings, I'd seen VCs do their thing. And then I got here and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's what VCs do? And by the way, each week you'd find some new thing and after year three, you're just like, okay, I think I kind of get it. And then there'd be a new thing and be like, so some of it is like, do you do you feel like you have a good sense at this point what venture is about? And then, it, and then if you do, you know, who's best at it? We'd like to know <laughs> specifically so, who among us. And yeah. that's of course me. So really objective feedback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so different people have very different pacing is the first thing I noticed. Um, like some people uh, have, you know, like a prescribed pattern of how to structure a day, right? Like multiple breakfasts, a lunch, a dinner, uh, you know, kind of consistent day to day. And other people, it's more like, here's a meeting, here's a meeting, constantly grabbing at various things. Um, I uh, I think there's a different approach to um, like sourcing, right? So sourcing was something where I came into this job and day one I thought, oh, well sourcing will just be me sending emails to like the people I know being like, hey, I'm a VC now, so you know, cool. Like, so, hey, so like tomorrow I show up, right? Like that's kind of <laughs> what I thought would happen. And then I realized, oh, that's totally not at all what this job is. This job is, you know, certainly keeping in touch with your friends who are smart people who are going to do interesting things in the future. Um, but it's also um, being a little bit more proactive, maintaining relationships that already exist. Um, uh, certainly doing some cold outbound and kind of quickly looping them into the August family. Um, but it's I do think, you know, I, I've, I've, as I've thought about it over time, because I you know, went went to a relatively large undergraduate institution. Mm -hmm. I went to a large-ish graduate institution, right? You spend these time that you start calculating, okay, how many people are, how many potentially interesting, smart, thoughtful people are you interacting with in any given moment over the course of your education alone, right? And here you are, you're doing a JD MBA in a, in a big school, and so we, we kind of did a, 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 the math and I was like, well, wait a second. You know, you're interacting with, what, 4,000 people? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Do you think 4,000 interesting yeah, so people like, over the course of the time you're doing your graduate degree? Yeah, 900 HBS people per year, 500 HLS people per year. I'm there for four years. That's yeah, so people. if you touch both, Plus Yale, you could yeah. have 1,500 times four, yeah. four. And that kind of proved true over the summer. Like, I remember I was reading some article on TechCrunch about a company and noticed a guy's name 
knew him from college, hadn't talked to him in four years, but sent him an email, hey, like, be, being like, hey, not sure if you remember me, but we did this club together in undergrad, and I would love to catch up, and that stuff leads to interesting relationships. And of course the same is true. We talk about the PayPal mafia or whatever, but of course it's that same kind of thing in companies. Mm -hmm. So if you are an early person in a Facebook and then it ends up with thousands of people, then you touch thousands of individuals in a company, you touch that, right? So there are many, many ways it can meet lots of people. So it's sort of about, are you a person who likes, A, likes people, that's, you know, this is Howard's downfall. <laughs> <laughs> and then, how do you, you know, how do you catch up? I'm going to put one of those automatic uh, door closers on my office. <laughs> so if you, anybody walks out the door automatically. <laughs> it's not actually true. Right? I mean, the thing that's funny about you, Howard, is that, like, you are obviously, you are blunt. That's, like, how you live your life. But there's a, but people love that, right? If it, people didn't some love people that, love it. Some people yeah. love it, right? Yeah. So it's not like you're not a people person. You're totally a people mm -hmm. person. You're just like you like people who are sort of feel who are who are more confident in their own points of view. You like people who can take real feedback, right? And, mm -hmm. and understand that it's just one person's feedback, and it may not mm -hmm. be correct. It's just a viewpoint. I mean, mm -hmm. I can walk up to someone and say, "My God, I can see why you love that ugly baby." <laughs> it's genetics. I'm glad it's not my baby, but what an awesome baby. See, I can actually hear Howard saying that. I'm, and getting away with it. I yeah. have, like, and people would be like, oh, that's just Howard being Howard. Yeah. I have actually described my certain of my own children as ugly babies. Uh, I'm not going to say specifically which. Uh, but uh, but Beckett did look like a little anyway. Uh, and, <laughs> but but you know then people are like oh my god you can't say that about your baby. Like no, but they come out they're all squished. They got a squished up head and like you know Noah had a unibrow. And they, like they got cutish. But, you know I see no harm in saying what other people are thinking. <laughs> Anyway, back to Lisa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so back enough to... Enough about our <laughs> Actually, Howard has these beautiful daughters who I'm sure were, like, adorable from the day they came out, so he can't even opine on this topic. He has to talk about the ugliness of my children. Screw you, Howard. Yeah. Lisa was commenting that... Yeah. So we just met these students. We had, we had a meeting today with yeah. these, uh, these four Stanford students who are working on a thing. I've, I've spent now... Something like a year with them. They're really smart or whatever. And she was saying, oh, this really makes me nervous about parenting because how do you create kids who are this thoughtful and smart and whatever? But the good news for us in this business is like we just get to hang out with them, right? Which is yeah, pretty amazing. Exactly. So a little bit anxiety inducing because they're young and full of potential and you, you know, like, oh man, you guys have already done so much. What have I done? You know. Well, we, we do wonder that, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> but we have high expectations. For so what I will do. You'll keep going. Uh, so back to differences between you guys. Another big point of difference was the food options to which you bring entrepreneurs. So um, I noticed that Howard had very strong preferences for breakfasts and for Japanese food lunches. <laughs> <laughs> but it was only which like five. I, which I appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> David goes to that David's Japanese more, restaurant David's more, more than me. David's more the downtown Palo Alto type. That was so we for got, the morning. Yeah. But, but just to be clear, Howard and I were on a race to who would get to 100 times at that particular Japanese restaurant. Oh, that's and you beat me by three. Is he, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. got there when I was only at 97. And now, actually, you're, clear, you're, you're, you're scorching past me because I haven't been in a bit. 
Ah. But I just went to Japan for like a week and a half. I'm not going to eat any Japanese food for the next six months. You're, you're out. I had enough. <laughs> so you're going to, it's all yours. So you just went, you, and you just went to Switzerland, so yeah, Swiss I went around. food's out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's safe. Anyway, food preferences yeah. is a difference. That's relevant to the job. Yeah. I think this is interesting though, right? I mean, you, what you have certainly seen is that it turns out that eating meals is part of the job. Eating meals is definitely part of right? the job. If you have other, some people have a job where they're like, oh, thank God it's lunchtime so I can go like on, on Pokemon Go or whatever and mm-hmm. hang out. But this job, for most of us, it, a meal is just another moment in time to catch up with some people about, and I don't know if that does that. Did that was that something that made you happy, or was it sort of like, ugh, do you ever get away from this fucking job? <laughs> I think I expected it. We were talking about this yesterday that this job is one where there's no firm delineation between work and life. Right, like any especially meal. for David. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has no, no life. life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any meal with any friend has elements of, you know, learning stuff about new companies, industries, what new, what people are up to, and all of that is now relevant to my work in a way it wasn't before. So yeah, like everything is work to some extent, but... Yeah. I think of it like efficiency. Yeah. Like by adding in at least a breakfast <laughs> and a lunch every day, you get two hours of more work out of the day mm-hmm. because you, know, you have breakfast at 7 or 7.30 or 8 or whenever it is, yeah. but you're like, you get into work and you've already had a meeting. I also think they're more yeah, authentic conversations, right? Like over breakfast, over lunch, you're relaxed, you're just chit-chatting with a person. Especially the wine. Have a, <laughs> yeah, that also <laughs> yeah, helps. <breakfast. laughs> that also helps. But like, you know, at some level, it's about people meeting people as people without, you know, these layers on top of it of, oh, I'm a venture capitalist. I'm it's very stressful right. for many people to come in and sit in a conference room. You know, yeah. we're used to our conference room, but people come in and it's this big room and a big you know wooden table and they kind of sit there and there's a big screen and they can be uncomfortable but mm-hmm. you take them out for you know breakfast or lunch or whatever and, and it's relaxes totally and i want to know what they're actually like and whether we click and i do feel a little badly though because you know so so lisa's uh is shadowing me this week and we had I can't do we have breakfast Monday or just Tuesday Monday I don't even remember but anyway it's been breakfast but we had a dinner last night where we were talking with a CEO candidate for one of my companies so that meant that suddenly your day is extended past dinner and then tonight we have a board dinner that's you know for one of my companies and Mm -hmm. that's and again these are super interesting things and I'm happy to do them as you know as Howard you you are I'm sure Um, but it is kind of one of those reminders that as much as I think this is a great job, it's not an e- not a like easy job where you come in from yeah. ten to four and whatever else. It actually turns out that the venture venture business, because it has no delineation, because it has no beginning. But that or depends end. on how much of a workaholic. So you think that's just me? I think <laughs> you more than most, because you will still fill the whole day and say, "Great, I have an open dinner tonight. I can do my CEO interview then." <laughs> Where most people would just work it into their daily say, schedule. Do it next so week. I think you're a little bit more ex- extreme. All right, so then, sorry. And then because <laughs> you spent a week yeah, with me, and we had one event in mm-hmm, the evening. We went mm-hmm. to a Ronstadt event to meet the CEO yep, or whatever, yep. and and Ronstadt's a big uh, staffing company. Yeah. And 
up in the city. So by the time we got home, it was nine. By the time we found your place, it was like nine thirty or ten. She had moved. Just an interesting story. Yeah, she couldn't remember where she lived. I'm driving Howard her around. Howard was ready to fire me day one of shadowing. <laughs> no, no, I didn't know. I wouldn't fire you for that. I would just say, get out and walk. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, get a map. And okay. I was mortified. It's like I don't even. No, know she didn't know I the live. address. She was like, I think you go left. I think you go left I was here. Like when David then, dropped me off after the concert, literally on day one, and you're like, where the hell is this? Yeah, where are you living in the burbs? <laughs> so ridiculous. This con- so the concert that Lisa went to was uh, the Beyonce. Concert. It was like first day of work, right? Very first day. Turns out that the the wonderful people of Silicon Valley Bank invited me to go see the Beyonce concert. But I was this interloper because it turned out that it was this gathering of really great female entrepreneurs and VCs with Silicon Valley Bank. But I had said, oh, I, you know, my daughter would love to go to the concert. So Lisa goes with me. I'm like one of three men in the room, but she got to not only go to a Beyonce concert, which was great, and meet the Silicon Valley Bank people who are amazing, but also meet like all these, you know, founders and CEOs. And, which you didn't even know was happening. All was you knew is that you were taking your kid to a concert. <laughs> no, they had been very clear yeah. that I had no business there. <laughs> and I said, oh, that sounds great. <laughs> in, in my defense, I did bring my daughter. Yeah. So that was fine. And Dara's yeah. lovely. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah no, that it's, was a I pretty mean, great maybe, first I think day. it's a fair point that, like, some of us have extended days and whatever. Have you traveled with anyone? Yeah, so we went to Texas last week. Uh, and then one, I went down to San Diego on a day trip myself to go to this MIT robotics conference down oh, there. Oh, yeah? Huh. Yeah, which was cool. What, MIT robotics over at Caltech? Where was it? No, there? it was hosted at... Qualcomm. Oh, all right. In uh, San Diego. Exactly. They have any neat robots? Yes. Yeah, Howard cool. loves robots. Yeah, I'll tell you all about it. I'll show you the latest. Yeah, tell me. Yeah. Well, there was this. So, now's your chance. <laughs> so the, so the MIT Startup Exchange runs some interesting content. I think they do. They roam from cities across the country, but each one has a different topic area. So this one was robotics. There's one upcoming in September about aeronautics. Um, but it was just, you know. But did they like show you robots working and stuff? Totally. So there was this company called Emotors, uh, which is building super cute Tamagotchi style robots for your desk that are like pets to keep you company during okay. the work day. That's what and I need. Do you feed them actual stuff? Uh, they have little simulated food. Yeah. There's a backstory, like the robot is a nuclear waste robot in training and it's supposed to sort the nuclear waste from your desk. <laughs> Anyways, but they're super cute. Um, and there was, from that, all the way up in sophistication to robots that can you know, pick things off assembly lines and know how to grasp a gallon of milk versus an orange versus a banana versus, you know. A Here's a picture of a robot cutting a guy's lawn. That's awesome. I walked it's by like this the house. Rumba, the it was like, robot? I don't know what brand it was, but I was like, that. It was super hot outside, and this robot was just driving around mowing the lawn, and I'm like... One more profession out of the way. Well, it makes perfect sense, right? I mean, we have these, you have the sweepy Roomba, the vacuuming yeah. Roomba, then you have the wet Roomba, the, the pool <laughs> robot that is, like, that's an amazing thing that just sort of wanders around your pool and cleans it in the process. You have a pool? So, uh, I now have a pool. Oh, you do? Oh, oh, it's too small to need a robot. It's more like a, it's more like a, a wading pool. <laughs> um, but, uh, but how about, I mean, you know, this is controversial and all that, but the fact that the the psychotic I- idiot who was shooting police ended up being taken down by a yeah. robot that blew him up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's a real question. Like we have these drones. So they're already are... doing that in the military where there's somebody like a sniper in a building. They don't know how many people in there. I saw the pitch. It was a company on Palo. I think it was the same robot on um, page mail a few years ago. And they basically, they, these robots are pretty heavy and they're like the size of a backpack. The guys, they run you know, by the building, they throw them through a window. Right. And then they can climb upstairs and they've got cameras and there's an explosive charge on them. And they, you know, like a shape charge and they basically go into the room and they're talking through a speaker and say, I'm going to blow up if you don't come out. <laughs> and then the person doesn't come out and they push the button because it's safer for the guys on the outside than coming in the room, you know, yeah. trying mm-hmm. to find them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an interesting... Using it, it domestically yeah, it's is pretty crazy. shocking. It's shocking yeah. domestically, particularly since the same approach would have worked non-lethally. Like, there are all sorts of things the robot could do. Mm-hmm. What, like yell foul language at him? <laughs> for example. That okay. Hey, you mother's <laughs> neck! That'd be me. I'd be in charge of... That'd be the perfect job for me and my son Beckett. <laughs> swearing at that. Swearing at that. But domestically, yeah, if you think about that, you know, you're supposed to capture the guy and have due process. No, you just put a military device in there and you go... And you blow it up. Like, yeah. But I'm, all, I'm a fan of that. Think of how inexpensive <laughs> those things are. So let me get this straight. Yeah, yeah, the dude's killed. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't have to process, but it's super cheap. Economical. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Okay, well, we'll move on. Let's move on to another topic. What else did you learn about the venture business, Lisa? Other things about the venture business. Um, what do you think oh, of the partner? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, another interesting difference was styles during board meetings. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, so, tell us about this. We would like to know. <laughs> yeah, so Spectrum. Tell us specifically from, between David and I. What are, no, no, our I haven't tomorrow. seen David in a board meeting yet. Tomorrow, oh, okay. She'll go, yeah. That's what you do? <laughs> <laughs> you email the whole time. Well, he told me that he makes sarcastic jokes. That's so I'm, I'm expecting more sarcastic jokes. I have tweeted jokes. that. I have yeah. tweeted that, that do I you think, yeah. jokes at a board meeting is value-add. Yeah. Do you think I talk too much in a board meeting? I would say of the partners I've seen, you give the most in-person, like instantaneous feedback. But is it too much? I didn't think so. Hmm. What does she know? You know when somebody's talking too much to hear themselves talking. Yeah. You know. No, I didn't think you talked too much. I yeah, thought that I, I don't you... mean that like what does Lisa know? I mean like what do Oedipus know too much? Too much. I don't no, know. No, no, I'm saying from a, you when somebody's talking too much, you know it. Yeah. Ben Harrison. But but you don't talk, you ask questions, right? So so you know can't believe you just threw Ben Nares. I went to a pitch with Ben once, and he talked more than the guy, and I beat him up afterwards, and we both laughed about it. It was fine. Yeah. And then we drank champagne. I have to say that, like, if we talk, if we think Ben Narison talks too much, I can only imagine what you think of me. Yep. Anyway, sorry, we'll let you talk again. No, we're still we're talking. talking too much. Just to be clear, Howard and I were reprimanded at our partner meeting by one of our partners this Monday because we were doing just this, and he was like, Shh, we're trying to get some stuff done. And Howard and I are like, and you remember what I said, which was, but we're better than last time, right? <laughs> and he said, yeah. Yeah, it's progress. But I think it means that we're not allowed to sit next to each other anymore. That's Which fair. is also true. Like the board meeting I have tomorrow, yeah. uh, Rory O'Driscoll's in the board meeting, and we should totally not sit next to each other because we, we you know. Tip, 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 tip. All right, we'll let you finish now. Different styles of board meetings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Howard's at one end giving asking questions as they come up, kind of in real time, popcorn style. I thought it was effective. Uh, To the opposite end, um, like kind of sitting, taking in the information, letting communication happen primarily through body language, actually. Maybe asking a question. Is that Vivek? Yeah. Yeah. Asking a question every now and then. Um, And then I got the sense that most of the feedback happens offline after the fact. 
right? So kind of taking in the information, ah, digesting totally it. totally non-confrontational, uh-huh. dealing well, with it. Well, yes and no. So sometimes the emotions communicate confrontation. So sometimes he's pissed and he lets the person know. So he's sitting there, he's not making eye contact. Like he wants you to know he's pissed. <laughs> But that's, that, not, but that's, that's not the Jewish version. But that's for <laughs> that's, that's to, to, to communicate a specific point, right? So that see, what I think is interesting about it is, you know, Vivek was a co-founder of his own very successful company, and I don't know, he wasn't the CEO. I don't know how much he participated in board meetings, but David, you and I and Eric have been to a lot more board meetings than Vivek has. You know, I went along, you know, with my former partner to 100 like all the time and you were a lawyer for companies you went to tons of board meetings and i bet vivek has just not seen so many different styles of more interaction so he's set in doing it in a more conservative yeah. fashion i think that a lot of it is a lot of it's just personality yeah. right like at the end of the day You'll what? tell me to my face when you're pissed at me. Vivek will tell you that he's pissed at me, <laughs> and then you'll tell, you'll tell me. So I think it is. I think it's style. Yeah, I think it's totally style. And if Vivek were to ask questions, you know, in real time, it probably wouldn't work, right? Like his style is his, and works for him. Hmm. I've found that over time, I, I don't. I think I'm more or less the same. I ask questions. I respond. I blah blah, but. The one thing that has shifted over, over so yeah, I probably, I mean, I went to a bunch of years of board meetings and then a bunch of years in the venture business that now there are moments when I just go, I just rant. So, you know, <laughs> it's a little bit like in uh, in um, in uh, The Incredibles. When Meaning the like you mon- just can't take it When anymore. the guy's monologue, he says, I yeah. caught you monologuing. Yeah, it's I just go like, okay, we could have this long conversation or I can just go, no! <laughs> stop! Like, just stop! And the funny thing is, because people have worked now, have worked with me, you know, so for example, Rene Lassert, who I've worked with for 15 years, when I do it, he just sort of laughs, and he's like, okay, I get the context, whereas if I had just joined a board, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. I sort of did it, actually, in one of them, but, and, and it was, and I realized, like, oh, David, you have to earn the right to rant, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember doing this my very, I was super excited about this new company. I'd been a VC for a short period of time. And we had the first board meeting. It was at years. my office. And I, hmm? Been a VC for like 12 years. <laughs> for yeah. six minutes yeah. or whatever. Uh, and, and I was hyper. Like re- I mean, even more hyper than I usually am. And I just boom, 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 and this and that. And I was totally directing. And I was like, and the board meeting was fine or whatever, but it finished up. And I called the CEO and said, I'm really sorry about that. That it won't be like that in the future. I was super excited about your company, and I, I just got over. I got I got overly involved there. And you and he said, "Oh, that's no problem." But you could hear in his voice that he was thinking, "Oh, thank God! Like that was fucking horrible." <laughs> so it's always changing, right? Yeah. And it also depends on what's happening in the board. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. That's kind of fun. So you got to see a bunch of that. Mm-hmm. And then the partner meetings. Yeah, I guess. how's There's that? Different styles in the partner meetings. Those you guys see. Yeah. Um, it's more or less everyone. Do we? I was going to say, <laughs> we're present. That doesn't mean yeah. we see um, But I think what I appreciate most about this place is that everybody has a very distinct personality. And at the partner meeting is where you get to see those personalities interacting with each other and the, you know, beauty, hilarity 
sometimes frustration that comes <laughs> from that, right? Uh, but you can see, you know, especially going around the circle talking about an investment that's controversial, um, you know, how different people have different kind of power zones through which they filter information, um, and how a di an investment can look super positive filtered through one power zone versus another. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you've seen a couple of those, actually. It's been a good summer in that regard. Yeah. And without being specific about it, we recently had one that's deeply technical, has a bunch of technical risk, and, and is sort of, you know, is, a, is kind of out there. And you got to see us kind of work through that. And, you know, that I, I think that was an interesting process. You got to see another company that had a very untraditional way of operating mm -hmm. and so you got to see us think up think through that which I think is interesting right I mean you know because each one each company comes with its own interesting challenge <laughs> <own> hair every <laughs> company has that's interesting has something that's a good reason to run away yeah and sometimes it's true <laughs> yeah you find out later yeah has there ever been a company where it was like a 95 or a hundred and the only thing that was hair was this, it seems too perfect. Yeah, we lost all our money on that one. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've had a couple of those. Without throwing names out there. But yeah, we saw the company, we loved it, we loved the guy, we all voted strongly for it, and we lost all our money. Interesting. And there's a, a theory that anytime the partners all agree on a deal, you're going to lose your money, so you've got to be a little bit more critical when everybody's excited. And for every rule, then there's another rule. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean that's the thing. And like I can the make venture, them up. The venture, <laughs> I mean, the venture business is such a ridiculous. Yeah. No matter how many years and whatever else you kind of get to the end. We, you and I, were having lunch yet uh, yesterday mm -hmm. with two, uh, you know, smart undergrads, and and the, and this other uh, classmate of mine, who said like, oh, so what? You know, you've been at it a long time. You must, you must not you'd be getting better at it and whatever else. And I said. No, I just turned down Uber. Like, you know, like, you know, if I was getting better, I'd say yes to some of these things, but I keep saying no, it's yeah. killing me. Like, yeah. Howard, are you playing Pokemon Go over there? <laughs> just to be clear, have we bored you? you so, Lisa, have you played Pokemon Go? I do Go? play Pokemon Go. Because, I mean, we have kids and we watch them doing it. And the thing I like about it is, so we came back from Japan and kids were, my kids are 18 and 22. I mean, they're not really kids, they're adults. And jet lagged, but they're like, I gotta go out for a 10 kilometer walk to hatch some eggs. And I'm like, go. Yeah. And they come back, I walked 28,000 steps today. It was all because of Pokemon. Like, it's getting people out there to walk around, and I'm going out for a walk, and my older daughter's going, Would you mind taking my phone with me, with you? So we're seeing it from different perspectives. And I was in Japan the day it launched and the day after it launched, and we were in some areas where there's a bunch of people, and it was one in 15 people was doing it. It is an unbelievable phenomenon, but they weren't using the augmented reality piece. Mm -hmm. They were just, they had the map view on and they were just walking around doing it. It wasn't the, AR wasn't the piece of it. Yeah. That's what's unbelievable. Because you think it's AR, but it's well, but not it. I would argue even if you have the AR view disabled, it's still augmented reality because you're walking around the physical world with a map, layer, yeah, looking right? for that sign that you got to get yeah, near. Yeah, like or a Pikachu somehow exists in that flower pot, even though it obviously doesn't. But but people aren't looking at it through the picture view. At least that's what I noticed. Very yeah, few people. Because that drains battery. They don't want to drain the battery. Yeah, yeah. got to optimize. Yeah, 
this. My son is not interested in that view. So I last night I get home and he he reported to me his two Pokemon Go uh, injuries of the day. <laughs> He's like, I said, what do you mean you Pokemon Go injuries? He said, well, first I was skateboarding around because I guess as long as you stay under 15 miles an hour or something, it counts. So he was skateboarding around. He said, I'm not. And I got to the point where my legs were crank, cramping up. So that was, you know. And then he showed me. So then I was biking because, okay, I got it, whatever. And then I slipped and I ripped apart my ankle on the tire. I'm like, who knew this was so perilous? Like, yeah. you got to be a little more careful or less, like, loserish. <laughs> <laughs> so you're using it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm meeting all the, like, three to six-year-old boys of Menlo Park in Palo Alto who seem to be the user base near me. <laughs> Um, I so I was telling David this yesterday. I find it really like calming and therapeutic because it's it's totally escapist. You log in, like all I want to do is find the next one, use my lure, you know. <laughs> Have you done battles and stuff I've too? I've yet to do battles. I think I'm getting I'm level you're, eleven. You're aware now. of that? Like yeah, you get yeah. to a, yeah yeah. Um, oh no, we were so we were in New York. Yeah. And we went down to the Whitney Museum. I always like to go see art. And Beckett's like, wait a second. <laughs> there's a battle. There's a, what do they call it? A park. A uh, gym. gym. He's like, there's a gym here. That's what all these people are doing here. Let me see who I'm going to take down. And I'm like, art? <laughs> We're going to go see art? And I'll see you. I'll catch up. I'll catch up with you. Gotta, i got to win this gym for my troop or team. Or... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of crazy. But what do you, so what do you think? Is it going to last or not? You know, I'm a big believer in that the only thing that matters with consumer stuff is long-term engagement. Mm -hmm. And all games historically have their ups and downs, and you can make a lot of money working your way through a population. This one is working its way through really fast. Mm -hmm. So the question is, three weeks from now, are you, Lisa, still playing Pokemon Go or not? Mm -hmm. Or have you gone through the thing and you've caught 80 of them and you're bored and you can't find the next one or mm -hmm. you're tired of flipping the little, right. you know, throwing the Pokeballs or whatever? That's the real question. If if this thing, people are still doing it three, four weeks later and spending an hour or two hours a day walking around, like, then it's going to be huge. Yeah. Well, I was just, I just heard that there are still the half-life of Farmville. You think like, oh, Farmville was huge, whatever else, and people must are so over it. What? There are still thousands of people who are spending tons of hundred thousand bucks a day in profit in wow. Farmville yeah right so but the question is are are those new people who are picking it up now has it already worked through the population yeah. and that's the tail or not I don't know the answer I don't either. But, but Pokemon is moving so fast, it would be interesting to see because it's working through so quickly. So you also made the observation that uh, that for your daughters, at least, they were spending more time on Pokemon than they were on Snapchat. Yeah, I said, what, what, what's giving? Yeah. Like, you're spending a few hours a day. And they're like, oh, we haven't been Snapchatting because mm -hmm. they're not big Facebook users. Mm -hmm. and I'm, yeah. So yeah. I said to him, it's kind of funny to think about. Like, the CEO of Snapchat got his whole team together. Yeah. And Zuckerberg got his whole team together. Like, what are we going to do about this menace called Pokemon Go? <laughs> like, like our, our usage answer? is going down. Our revenue is going. We should buy them for $50 billion. We should take them down. We should build a competitor. They're having those meetings. Because yeah. there's only so many hours in a day. My kids are a few hours a day on Pokemon Go. Yeah, I mean, some of it is, like, defensive and some of it's offensive. Because remember, remember the, uh, the Ice Bucket Challenge. 
Yeah. That ended up raising a ton of money. Was it? And every nonprofit similarly was like, "Well, what do we? We need a nice bucket challenge." Like, of course you need a nice bucket challenge, but it's too late because it's already been it's yeah. already been a nice bucket challenge. So the interesting thing is, not only are they saying, "Like, wait a second, we're losing usage on Snapchat," but they're also saying, "Like, okay, so is augmented reality like a thing that's important now? And yeah. are we going to build it into Messenger? Are we going to build it into Twitter or whatever?" Or is this just a game that comes and goes in the I same way? I think it's a hit game, but if if your kids are doing it a few hours a day for a few weeks, if they stick around, then the the guys that they left are hosed. But if they decide they're sick of Pokemon Go, do they go back to Snapchat? Or do they look for? Or have new? they lost that mm-hmm. kind of pull towards it because it's a passe thing? Because kids are very quick with it. So, but stuff. I think the thing about this is why I think this one's a little weird is that Snapchat's a messaging platform, right? So my kids use it to communicate with their friends. They So as opposed, so maybe you're watching fewer, fewer Snap stories. Or sending fewer. Right, all that stuff. But you're still going to use it to communicate because if you don't, you better find some other platform. Now, maybe Pokemon Go gets smart and builds a messaging platform into the thing and you could literally displace mm-hmm. because you're already on there. So it'd be like, not only can I message you, but I know where you are. Yeah. And hey... I'm here. Come find me. By the way, there's a little whatever. I don't. I can't yeah, there's that rare whatever. <laughs> Pikachu. Rat- say Pikachu, but that's so so lame. A Squirtle. Beckett has like a million Pikachu. He's like, I just gather them. <laughs> Wait, she's got all the. Names. A Tentacool, which evolves to a Tentacruel. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm sure he's got that. What level yeah. are you? Eleven. That's pretty good. I'm sure he has me. He has you. But for it's sure. respectable. He was. He My was. only goal was to be Trip, and I accomplished that. So yeah, Trip. I slowed down after that. Trip was pretending like this was something he could do while walking his, you know, babies and stuff, yeah. which it sort of is, right? That's the other thing. There's some things you can do in tandem, like driving. Yeah, I have done that. <laughs> you have done that. I have. Done that. You know that texting on your phone is like a hundred and fifty dollar dollar fine, oh. but driving. Hopefully the well, police Pokemon don't find me. Going, that's a fine. <laughs> no, then the cop has to pay you. Well, the problem is, you know, driving through Google, you're driving at like ten miles per hour, and there are lots of Pokemon there. So, um, all right, this is really not a. Good the other answer. interesting thing about Pokemon Go that we haven't talked about is, from the perspective of a small business who, you know, now recognizes that if they put a Pokestop outside of their door, they're going to get this influx of people chasing Pokemon. You know, like. If not Pokemon Go, will this type of model where there's an overlay in the in world? In Japan, they launched on day one with a partnership with McDonald's. Mm-hmm. All 3,000 McDonald's in the country were Pokemon stops. Yeah. And we got to the airport at Osaka and we saw McDonald's. My kids ran. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like, forget about the flight. Yeah. We're going to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. They didn't buy anything, but McDonald's got them but to come up did. to the... Yeah, so which is crazy, because it, it, that's the same behavior that I had as a kid when, Mono- when um, the Monopoly, Monopoly right? I that. Yeah. You know, I would drag my mom to McDonald's, because I wanted to get whatever it was, Park Place. And yeah. now it's something online in this virtual world is having yeah. the same behavior. But we see this in lots of different dynamics. We have this company, Pay Near Me, and it's about using cash to pay for online transactions, and they and they partnered with Seven Eleven, mm-hmm. so you can go and pay cash at Seven Eleven. And part of the th- part of the reason Seven Eleven was enthusiastic to do it is that you go and you pay your, you know, your your car payment, and you pick up a Slurpee or a beer yeah. or a, yeah, yeah. you know Snickers or whatever, exactly. right? And so behaviors that drive people in particular. So we were talking about this, I guess, yesterday about the idea of pokey tourism, where you could say like, okay. If you're the island of blah and you want to attract more people to come, then you 
then you pay you Pokemon. Pay Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, what's it? Niantic. Niantic. You pay them to get you a custom right. creature. Two hundred fifty thousand yeah. bucks yeah. to create something that's only available in on uh, you know on your island, and they have to take a ferry, and suddenly you'll have. People will stay, right? Mm-hmm. Like they got to keep. There are only so many, so they have to stick around. Like digital goods have whatever characteristics you give them, mm-hmm. and so if you know, so you could literally create a character and a set of them and frequency and all of that to optimize for. You are going to stay here tonight, which yeah. is kind of insane. It's totally insane. Well, it could be as simple in that model as you can catch it there, but you got to you know you got to walk 10 miles to hatch it there and so the tour mm. yeah or, or one mile one day and one days. mile the next day right. or something mm-hmm. like yeah, that exactly mm-hmm. it's like you can hatch it it must hatch over two days mm-hmm. right that's an easy rule and it will require one of two behaviors staying over or coming back those are the only remember that TV commercial they had it was like for a, a, you know IBM WebSphere where they have the a startup company and they have the screen and they're turning on their service and it's <laughs> customer one and they're like yeah and it's like customer two and like yeah and three and it starts going faster and faster and they all get quiet they're all scared you gotta wonder like when they launched this game the CEO of Niantic and his team were sitting around and were like oh shit <laughs> for sure <laughs> totally right? it was they launched like in Japan Twitter, it was a Twitter fail whale problem right total server challenges in. Yeah. in Japan couldn't log in oh, it, yeah it was terrible for the first week it was a miracle that people kept persisting because greater than 50% of the times you logged into the game it would crash so nope. Japan front page news the day it launched <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like they had it all like front page newspaper like you walk in the lobby of the hotel and there it is Pokemon Go launches today and my kids are there yeah 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 <laughs> yep. no we sitting at Fastly we're like oh we gotta get in touch with them so we can help front it right Fastly's a CDN business that can offload a bunch mm. of traffic we had the traffic we had the pipe it's like how do we get to Niantic we can help them did you we, we did not get to them directly yet maybe we did are we there? We'll Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa, I appreciate uh, you spending the summer with us. I appreciate that you've you've expressed some enthusiasm <laughs> for both the profession and August Capital. That's that's, a, that's, that's the a, bar. That's a, that's a, <laughs> I don't know what the bar is. Charming but that's enough, been good. some enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly. No, charming enough, sufficient enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Significantly exceeded expectations. You have a career ahead of you of some nature. Oh man, my mom listening to this is having heart palpitations. I hope she is listening to this. We love your daughter. Because we're trying to break into that segment. Yeah, the mom segment. In all fairness, she'll be joining my mom listening, who is often like, oh, I enjoyed it, and I thought Howard was funny. I didn't really understand what you were talking about, but I always enjoyed the. I always enjoyed listening to Howard. That's yeah. what my mom always <laughs> says. That was, yeah, I always enjoy listening to Howard. And- you know, tell his daughter blah. I always get this feedback. I get the feedback loop. So please pass on your mother's feedback. We would appreciate that. What's your mom's name? Marianne. All right, Marianne. We very much would appreciate any feedback you have. <laughs> Shout out to Marianne. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. We used to do that, right? We used to have a... Uh, a shout out. Shout out. End of, end of the show, shout out. I think out. we should shout out to, to Ben Narison because I threw him up with the Yeah, man. To Marianne and Ben Narison. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been VentureCast. I'm David Hornick from August Capital. Howard Hartenbaum, also from August Capital. And Lisa Maroney, also from August Capital. 
for the foreseeable future. 